forgot to bring the clicker. We are releasing children from poverty in Jesus' name. Thank you. I'm hoping this clicker works. Um, and we're doing that in 26 of the poorest nations of the world. And we do it through the local church. And you're right, the clicker doesn't work from here. Yeah. So uh, Aurora read this Bible verse. This is why compassion does what we do. We're speaking up on behalf of those who can't speak for themselves. The Bible is full of scriptures about looking after the poor and the widows and the orphans. And we believe that it's the job of the church to do that. So we go to the church in the developing world and partner with them. And we come to the church in the developed world and say, hey, how about you partner with compassion? How about, like Ben, you partner and see children released from poverty in Jesus' name? Thank you. So he did also mention Everett Swanson. In 1952, Everett Swanson, uh, he was our founder. He was working as a, career, uh, a missionary in South Korea at the end of the war. And one day he was walking along the road with his South Korean friend. And in the distance, he saw what he thought was a pile of rags. And a truck came up beside those rags and the truck driver got out and kicked the rags and then picked them up and threw them back in the back of the truck. And Everett's wondering, what? what's going on? I don't know why he's kicking this stuff. Or maybe there's rats in there. As he got closer still, he saw arms and legs coming out of the rags. And he realised that these were not rags. They were little children and they'd huddled together in the doorway to keep warm overnight. And the truck driver was deciding if they were dead or alive by kicking them. And Everett's friend said, now you've seen what's happen, happening to the children in South Korea, Everett, what are you going to do about it? And he said, it was like, God just burnt those words into his heart. What are you going to do? What are you going to do? What are you going to do? He went back to America, started sharing about what he'd seen with the children. People started donating money and compassion was born with 35 street children in South Korea. Now, thank you, next slide. We work in 26 of the poorest nations, as I said. The green countries are the countries that the children come from, and the blue countries are the countries that the supporters come from. And if you can see up here, South Korea is now a blue nation. But I said that the blue nations where the sponsors come from. South Korea has gone from being our first sponsored country to now being a sponsoring country. The people in South Korea actually sponsor over 115,000 children outside of South Korea, and we no longer sponsor children in South Korea because they don't need us. The cycle of poverty has been broken there. They've been raised up and now they are giving out. In fact, about five years ago, our international president, Wes Stafford, was in South Korea at a meeting of um, denomination leaders and church leaders. He started telling them all about compassion, like I'm doing to you, and somebody put up their hand and said, excuse me, Mr. Stafford, you don't need to tell us about compassion. We were your kids. And Wes is like, really? How many people here who are running the church in South Korea were compassion kids? 80% of the hands in the room went up. 80% of the people who were leading the church there in South Korea had been compassion-sponsored children. How awesome is that? It really does work. Thank you. So we are Christ-centered, child-focused and church-based. 
If you sponsor a child with compassion, what does that actually mean? What does your child receive for the $12 a week that you pay? Thank you. One of the most important things um, is education. Next slide, please. Education really helps to break the cycle of poverty in a child's life. So your sponsorship pays for your child to go to school, pays for their um, uniform and fees and all of those things, and helps to equip them to be able to be self-sufficient when they leave school. Thank you. Healthcare, of course, is really important, and we want every child to look as happy and healthy as this little guy or little Grace, but they don't come to us often looking like that. They have malnutrition, they have learning disorders, they've had a hard start to life. So your sponsorship pays for all of their healthcare. And then nourishing meals, of course, that's a really important thing. If we're going to send them off to school, they've got to have food in their stomach so they can concentrate. So nutrition is important and part of the program. And vocational training. Not every child is going to be an academic genius. We give them skills and trades and we help them to do cooking and sewing and electronics, um, mechanics, whatever it is that makes sense to be able to provide them with some income when they leave, when they graduate. And the most important thing and the reason why I work with Compassion is we have Christian teaching. So as I said, the, the projects are run at the local church. The children are being loved and nurtured in the Word of God all the time. And children are coming to know Jesus. In fact, in the last year alone, the next slide, 137,290 children became Christians in one year. How good is that? That's awesome. Yes, you can clap. <laughs> That's just in one year. And that's just the children that we're counting there and not all the children because some countries we're working, we're not allowed to count those salvations. But think about their parents coming to the Lord, their brothers and sisters. So many people coming to know Jesus. You can invest in lots of great organisations, but if we're not changing the eternity of the child, we're only changing their circumstances for a short time. So that is why I work for Compassion, and that is why we sponsor with Compassion. And now Andrew, my husband, who also works for Compassion, and also sponsors the same children as I do, is going to take some more. Thank you. There's been a few face changes up here tonight, hasn't there? <laughs> Sorry about that. That's just a bit diverse. But it's, uh, it's great. Thank you, Ben, for uh, sharing. That was excellent. I'm just going to give you an encouragement from the Word of God tonight. If you'd like to turn with me to Mark chapter 6, I'm going to just read a scripture. And uh, verse uh, 35, we're talking about it. It's the feeding of the 5,000. You know it well. When God gives, He gives abundantly, He gives enough so that we've not only got enough for ourselves, but we've got enough to go around to other people. We've, we've got enough to, to give from the overflow of what he gives. And reading from verse 35, it says this, by, the time, by this time, it was late in the day, so his disciples came to him. Um, this is a remote place, they said, and it's already very late. Send the people away so that they can go to the surrounding countryside and villages and buy them something, themselves something to eat. But he answered, you give them something to eat. They said to him, that would take more than half a year's wages. Are we to go and spend that much on bread and give it to them to eat? How many loaves do you have, he asked. 
go and see. And when they found out, they said five and two fish. Then Jesus directed them to have all the people sit down in groups on the green grass. So they sat down in groups of hundreds and fifties. Taking the five loaves and the two fish and looking up to heaven, he gave thanks and broke the loaves. Then he gave them to his disciples to distribute to the people. He also divided the two fish among them all. They all ate and were satisfied, and the disciples picked up 12 basketfuls of broken pieces of bread and fish. And the number of men who had eaten was 5,000. So how big was the crowd if the number of men was 5,000? This is a very, very large crowd. And so what Jesus has done is an absolute miracle. We understand that. And it's a really impacting story in the life of Jesus. It's, it's repeated in all four Gospels. It's the only story that's told in every Gospel. And it, there's something of special significance in the way that this story is told. I mean, it's, it's obvious that, that Jesus is, is showing his disciples and teaching his disciples about um, you know, giving a little and being multiplied through him. But the way he does it, you see the words there. He said, it says, taking, uh, he took the loaves, he looked up to heaven, he gave thanks, he broke them, and then he gave them. And it's the same words that are used when he did that with, uh, when he was feeding the 4,000. And it's exactly the same words that he, uh, are used to describe when he celebrated the Last Supper. He took the loaves. He blessed them, he broke them, and he gave them. And then when he rose again, he was walking along the road to Emmaus. And we find that it's repeated again. I'll read it to you. Um, as they approached the village to which they were going, Jesus continued on as if he was going further. Um, but they urged him strongly, stay with us, uh, for it's nearly the evening. The day is almost over. So he went to stay with them. And when he was at the table... With them, he took bread, gave thanks, broke it, and began to give it to them. Then their eyes were opened and they recognized him and he disappeared. They didn't recognize him until he did this thing that he did over and over again. It's described the same way, that he took bread, he blessed it, broke it, and gave it. And that was his signature move. He would have done it. Dozens and dozens of times. Jesus was known for this. And the Holy Spirit used this to show those guys who he was. Because it was who he was. It was part of who he was. And it's part of who he calls you and me to be. It wasn't just an act. It was showing us who Jesus actually was. Because he was taken. The word for taken is chosen. He was chosen for a particular, um, for a particular purpose. That bread was chosen for a particular purpose. It was taken for a particular purpose. Jesus was chosen. He was called the chosen one. You and I are chosen by God. We're chosen for a particular purpose. You have God has called you to Himself so that. You know, so that you can be in the kingdom, but also so that you can be effective for his kingdom. We've been chosen, but we've also been blessed. Jesus was blessed. When God, 
when God blessed him, when, uh, you know, the father's blessing at the uh, uh, transfiguration, you know, this is my son in whom I'm well pleased. When, uh, when he was baptized, again, the, the voice came, the blessing of God. He was blessed by God. We are blessed. Have you read Ephesians 1? Does anybody know Ephesians 1? Go and, young people, go and read Ephesians 1. See the spiritual blessings that we live in because of Jesus. We are blessed beyond measure. And, and that's part of who we are in the kingdom. That's part of the reason that Jesus came. But it's not the full story. So he was chosen. He was blessed. We are chosen. We are blessed. Jesus was broken. He was broken so that we can have life. You know the story. You know the, the truth that he was, he was scourged and he was killed on the cross. Why? So that you and I can have life. So that we can have covenant relationship with the Father. Jesus was broken. He said, he taught when he was, uh, when he was on earth, that unless a kernel of wheat falls to the ground and dies, it remains just a single entity. But when it falls and dies... It multiplies. That's what his life was about. It was about multiplying himself in the world, sending the Holy Spirit, allowing salvation to go to all of mankind, giving everybody an opportunity to be saved. So he was broken so that he could be given. He was chosen or taken. He was blessed. He was broken and he was given. And you and I are not only chosen and blessed, but we're to be broken. We're to be broken of our self-centeredness. We're to be broken of our self-sufficiency. We're, we're to be actually fully reliant on God. We're to be broken of the world and not reliant on the world. The, the scripture talks about that. What is it? What good is it if we gain the whole world but we lose our very soul? We're to be broken so we can be given for the kingdom of God. You have been chosen for a purpose. You have been blessed for a purpose. And you are to embrace your brokenness so that you can be given. So that you can be given for the kingdom of God. To see the message go out. To see people have the opportunity to come to know him and have abundant life as you and I have. And you know, the kids, I, I get to travel to the compassion projects all over the world. I, um, my job is as the field experience coordinator, which means I take people over. Now, I do nine or ten trips a year to various places all around the world with compassion. I take them over. And I see many of these um, Child development projects, just like the ones you went to in Haiti. I've probably been to the same ones because I've been to Haiti four or five times. And it's, it's absolutely amazing because these kids have not got a lot to offer. But when they understand that they're chosen, when they understand that God loves them and that they're chosen by God and that they, they are blessed in him, it doesn't matter how much they have around them. They can live in the worst slums and the joy in their hearts is incredible. And they, they are actually broken by their circumstances and given to a life that is, uh, that is so amazing. I, I was in the, the slums of Nairobi in a, a place called Mathari Valley 
Uh, there's 800,000 people live in this very small area and the slum is, it's horrible in there. They're very small houses, it's filthy, the kids are dirty and running around, it's dangerous too. You've got to be accompanied by, by compassion people if you're going in there. We're in there and just on the edge of that is a big church with a compassion project in it. And as we walk into this church, the kids are all in there, probably 200 kids, 250 kids. And the first thing that I, that I realized when I worked, walked in there was the joy of them praising God. And they were praising God at the top of their voices. And the song that they were singing was, went something like this. We're chosen by God. We know who we are and we live in him um, and we, we're blessed. And, you know, it was just exactly what I'm talking about. And they were celebrating that. And the, the energy in that place was amazing. And then they said, we want to... We want to um, show you some gifts uh, that we've been given by God. And they got up on the stage and there was dancers. There were hip-hop dancers and there were comedians and there was singers and, and there was choirs who had written their own songs. And afterwards they would say, hey, you can find me on this website and, um, you know, all this stuff. They were unbelievably talented, incredibly talented. And every time they would walk onto the stage, the rest of the crowd would cheer madly. Didn't matter how good or bad they were, they would just support them so amazingly because these kids were having a go and getting up there and they were showing the rest of us that they had a future, they had a hope, they had something to hold on to and they knew that they were worthwhile. They knew that God had chosen them and blessed them and they were, they were given out. It was fantastic. I, I was really... Um, overwhelmed by that uh, project and I could tell you lots of stories about that maybe later on the, at the stand if you want to come um, but you know it's really important that we know that it's at that end there's a multiplication effect see Jesus was into multiplication when he took those loaves and, and, and those fishes and he blessed them and broke them and gave them it was a multiplication effect that's the multiplication effect of his life and that's to be the multiplication effect of your life. Those kids understand that. The kids that grow up through the Compassion Project so go back and give back into those projects. So many of them because they know where they've come from and they want to see that multiplication effect again. And the multiplication effect of someone like Ben who takes the little that he has even as a student and he gives it. That offering... He gives to Jesus and Jesus multiplies that offering so that it becomes effective around the world. And you know, if you were to try to uh, emulate the compassion effect around the world, uh, it wouldn't be just $48 a month. You'd have to pay maybe $148, maybe $248 a month to do that outside the local church. If you were doing it as a non-Christian organisation... I don't, think you could, I don't think you could run it. It just wouldn't work because, because the local church are so committed to the cause because it's the cause of the gospel. And the local church has so many volunteers helping and putting in and, and the ones who are working there are, are doing it for a pittance. Why? Because it's a call of God. You see, the multiplication effect of God in this whole ministry is amazing. So the money that you give is multiplied out and the... The letters that you write are multiplied in their significance when you go over and you realise how much 
they really value those letters. The multiplication effect of, of, of linking a, a caring, praying, loving Christian with someone who needs that prayer, care and love is amazing. It's Holy Spirit that's doing it. It's the same multiplication effect that Jesus showed us when he took the bed, blessed it, broke it and gave it. I think that probably you can watch something on the, um, on the video that will show you a little bit of this. There's a girl called Jennifer and there's the multiplication effect through her life is amazing. She actually comes from one of those slums that I was talking about and it's, it's, uh, it's pretty interesting to have a look at. So if you can just run that video, that would be awesome. I am Jennifer Gitiri and I'm from Kenya. Growing up with a single parent in the slum was very, very difficult for me. Really leaving hand to mouth because if my mom went to look for employment or even wash other people's clothes, if she came in the evening with a dollar, that's what we would use to buy a meal and eat at that particular time. If we wake up tomorrow, there's nothing to eat, then we'd take a glass of water and run to school. But Compassion, I opened a project at a church near our home. And for the first time as a young girl, I saw hope. Compassion provided for everything. They gave me books. When I was sick, Compassion would pay for my medical care. And I'm also thankful to my sponsor who was very, very encouraging. You know, just writing letters of encouragement, telling me that you can make it, you can do it. Your past should not determine your future. I believe my sponsors were God sent. When we wrote to Jennifer, it was important to let her know that we really cared about her. I just said what a mother would say, you know, we're so proud of you. We're so proud that your grade card is good and that you've done such a good job. I remember vividly our neighbor's child was raped. The child was 10 years and these were the kind of things that I saw growing up that really made me decide to be a lawyer, someone who could speak for the rights of those who cannot speak for themselves. The beginning of this year, I joined the Kenya School of Law so that now I can be admitted into the bar and become an advocate in the High Court of Kenya. This summer, I went to the United States of America to, to be an advocate. I shared passionately about my story and how my sponsors had made a difference in my life, and they were brought on stage. Here they are! It was life-changing just to, to see those two people who'd sacrificed their resources, who used to pray for me, who used to encourage me. So for, for me to see these two people was, was just amazing. Compassion gave us the opportunity to reach halfway around the world to rescue one little girl from whatever the future might have had in store for her. It makes me cry all the time when I think of how far God has brought me, you know, from the ditches of poverty to this. Indeed, compassion releases children from poverty in Jesus' name. My children 
will never live in poverty. My children will know the word of God. And when I look at the packets at the compassion booth, my heart is broken because 17 years ago, my face was in that packet. What an amazing story of transformation Jennifer's life is, of something that has been blessed and shared and the exponential effect of her life. You know, she said, from the ditches of poverty to this, and this is now a human rights lawyer going on to do her master's, uh, no, her doctorate this year. Um, Jennifer grew up in some of the worst conditions, but her sponsors believed in her. They fed her words of encouragement. Your past should not determine your future. That's what we can do. That's what we can do when we invest a little bit in a life. We invest... Yes, the money, but we invest our love and our prayers and our words of encouragement. And she said that her heart was broken uh, when she sees the packets at the compassion booth. And she's talking about the faces here of the children that are waiting to be sponsored. Like this little guy, his name is Jalalo Jamal, and he comes from Ethiopia. And his family live off around $23 a month. We can be part of giving what God has given us. You can sponsor a child today, you can invest in a life, and you can see that exponential growth happen through just being having that sacrificial breaking of our own and giving. So please come and speak to us after the service and please sponsor a child. We are watching a song. That's, that's right. And the spirit of Sam that did it. <laughs> the sovereign Lord is on me because the Lord has anointed me to preach good news to the poor. He has sent me to bind up the brokenhearted, to proclaim freedom for the captives and release from darkness for the prisoners. Now I thought, how do we ever get so far down? And how's it ever gonna turn around? So I turned my eyes to heaven. I thought, God, why don't you do something? Well, I just couldn't bear the thought of people living in poverty, children sold into slavery. The thought disgusted me, so I shook my fist at heaven. I said, God, why don't you do something?
the mission of our church is, the reason Sunnybank District Baptist Church exists is to work with God, transforming people into passionate followers of Jesus. Compassion is one of the ways that we can join hands with God, work with him to see people's lives transformed as we've heard dramatically and strongly tonight. Thank you again, Lynette and Andrew, Mark and Ben. And thank you too to Sam who put that song and video clip together. It's powerful, isn't it, of the message that it communicates. The disciples of Jesus came to him one day and they said, Lord, who's the greatest in the kingdom? Who's the most effective in working for you? Who's top of the pile? What did Jesus say? If you want to be top of the pile, you need to become like one of these little children. He took a child and put them in the midst. And then Jesus said, As much as you welcome a child, you welcome me. And compassion is a reminder to us of linking with him to transform the lives of children to make a difference in communities. It's powerful. And as Andrew reminded us tonight, we are the ones who have been chosen Jesus. We are the ones who have been blessed in Jesus. So it's time for us, and if not us, then who? And if not now, then when? That we need to break off part of the resources that he has blessed us with to give. So let me encourage you to visit the table, to think, what is God saying to your heart tonight? Is he prompting you in some way to get involved to support? Whatever he's saying to you, I encourage you to respond to it. I'm going to pray, and then I encourage you to hang around if you possibly can, not just to visit the table, chat, fellowship with one another, but also to have some supper together. Let's pray together. Father in heaven, thank you from 1952 for raising up this incredible ministry of compassion where you are the God who is at work in the world, transforming lives one life at a time, one community at a time. Thank you, Lord, for inviting us to be joining with you in that important process, working with you to see people's lives transformed in Jesus. Lord, speak to each one of us, um, not just in the direction that you want us to be involved and help us to be responsive and obedient to it. Fill each of us, Lord, with your Holy Spirit. We thank you that you've chosen us, that you've blessed us, that you've resourced us. Deliver us from our selfishness and help us to break off some and to give to others. And now, Lord, as we come to the end of our service, as we head into the days of this week, we ask that you might indeed go before us. Continue to watch over us. Fill us with your Holy Spirit. Help us to be recipients and transmitters of the grace of the Lord Jesus. Until we meet again, Heavenly Father, in the name of Jesus, we pray in his name. And everybody said, God bless you, everybody. Let me encourage you to simply sit there quietly and to reflect and to think and then to make your response.